What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, listeners, brave navigators of the enigmatic and the concealed. Have you ever felt the pull of the unanswered, the allure of the mysteries that shroud our existence? For more than a decade, a unique comic publisher has dared to dive into these mysteries, unafraid of the secrets they might uncover. This audacious entity is Paranoid American. Welcome to the mystifying universe of the Paranoid American podcast. Launched in the year 2012, Paranoid American has been on a mission to decipher the encrypted secrets of our world. From the unnerving enigma of MK Ultra mind control to the clandestine assemblies of secret societies. From the awe-inspiring frontiers of forbidden technology to the arcane patterns of occult symbols in our very own pop culture. They have committed to unveiling the concealed realities that lie just beneath the surface. Join us as we navigate these intricate landscapes, decoding the hidden scripts of our society and challenging the accepted perceptions of reality. Folks, I've got a big problem on my hands. There's a company called Paranoid American making all these funny memes and comics. Now, I'm a fair guy. I believe in free speech uh, as long as it doesn't cross the line. And if these AI-generated memes dare to make fun of me, they're crossing the line. This is your expedition into the realm of the extraordinary, the secret, the shrouded. Come with us as we sift through the world's grand mysteries, question the standardized narratives, and brave the cryptic labyrinth of the concealed truth. So strap yourselves in, broaden your horizons, and steel yourselves for a voyage into the enigmatic heart of the paranoid American podcast. Where each story, every image, every revelation brings us one step closer to the elusive truth. This is the Paranoid American podcast, name pending, trademarked, registered. Uh, and tonight I've got a interesting guest. His name is Eddie, uh, aka Synchronous. And don't worry, we're not going to stay in this mode forever. I just I love the, the way that that looks. Uh, <laughs> so, so Eddie, I know you from Sync Tank. So on Tuesdays we do a show with Andre Zertis. Um, 
you know, at what, like 8 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday, pretty much as much as we can. And through there, uh, I've, I've first knew you as synchronous on Twitter. You've got a fire Twitter feed that's always talking about symbolism in the media and everything. So I'm going to we're going to go deep on some of that. Um, but also, man, you're uh, a fellow animator, artist. Uh, you're currently on. Are you on strike personally or are you just like standing in solidarity? How does that work? Yeah, well, you know, we 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 pretty much uh, as a union member. Um, I, I belong to um, you know, well, you know, under the umbrella of IAC, as you know, IETSE, uh, International Alliance, um, IA, they also call it. Uh, I'm in the uh, local 800, which is the Art Directors Guild, uh, mm-hmm. which uh, covers uh, people like me, a storyboard illustrator, or or uh, formerly we're, we're we're called senior illustrators. Uh, people who made it to the rosters because only senior illustrators can work at movies and TV shows, live action, you know. Um, and, and animation, I was a member of the animation union, which is 8, 839, uh, which is the uh, originally was called MTSC, which is motion, motion, MPSC, M- motion. You sound like military cartoonist. factions the way that you list off like the acronyms and the numbers. It's like, it's like oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. You know, I, it, it, the, the way everything's named is just like, you know, um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all, it's all like secretly coded through the military. Um, well, I'm from a military family too, so it's kind of funny that you say it. But um, so yeah, I think so the I two was, are are so intertwined too. But but between military and Hollywood, you know what what else could be closer? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, it, it took a while for me to realize you know what kind of industry I'm in and uh, how much uh, deeply funded Hollywood is. You know, with a uh, military and uh, how many. Soldiers are at the ready to be in the films <laughs> to attack so, a giant uh, Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, so, so yeah, so, so just make it brief. I, I'm a career artist. Uh, storyboard, you know, was my focus. I, I studied character animation at a prestigious uh, Cal Arts, which is California Institute of Arts, founded by Walt Disney. Um, uh, but I mean, it was already established as a Chenard Hall. Chenard Institute um, and uh, Amazon, uh, but then Walt Disney bought the land and, and you know basically put the the, the two art schools together and in, into an um, integrated uh, institution with uh, uh, five six different programs, including music school, uh, Royal Disney <laughs> Music School. That's what it's called. Uh, so I was in program um, uh, character animation. That was my. That was that was the elite animation school that that. that and this is two D. We're talking about traditional, like flipping the pages type of animation. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, and I I entered. Uh, I was enrolled in uh, nineteen ninety two. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get accepted the first year, the first semester, because it was it was a sour grape story. But but uh, because I. I I, I thought my portfolio was proficient, but this uh, at the time, um, this guy named uh, um, Glenn Vilpool, he's he's like the life drawing teacher for all the Disney animators. They all know him. He all, the Disney mafia all treated him like the Godfather, you know, because he he taught all these Disney animators how to draw anatomically correct, you know, figures and enough flowing animation, you know. So so Glenn Vilpool was the acting director at the time. He was not the he was only a teacher teaching life drawing until Bob Winquist was, I never met Bob Winquist, but he was there before I got in. He, I think he designed the, the Thai logo. He, he's a millionaire. He, he, 
he basically the Tide logo. Like he the... designed logos, corporate logos, and make a lot of monies from that. You know, royalties. Dude, I worked on a quick tangent when I was at Disney. We worked with some some really weird logo designers, like huge names. And we had this one guy, and I, apparently this was the way that he did it. But he just submitted the completed logo, didn't accept any payment or anything, and was like, "Here's here's this logo. It's got my name attached to it. I'm this big name. If you use it, then it costs two hundred thousand dollars. If you don't, whatever. Like I'm not going to make any changes. I'm not going to make any compromises." like take it or leave it so there are some logo designers just get to a certain level where they can almost just like decide what the logo is before they even find the client yeah yeah it's just you know you put the pay ballsy bunch you know they they, they know they you know they, they know that uh it, it's a it's a i don't know i never got into that market i was what i was trying to tell you earlier was that i didn't get accepted to the character animation so i decided to sneak in through another program which was a uh, graphic design so i was in graphic design and i was dealing with a whole bunch of people who are doing logos and, and, and you know uh, uh, corporate graphics magazine covers and so so that's a whole nother world you know but, but did you like us, that or or was that no you hated it just i mean if anything that i enjoyed out of it was photography i, I learned how to develop my film you know you in in the, in the dark room you know so, mm-hmm. so that was a that was a good good lesson really and set also, you up for the future yeah 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 <laughs> in case you know digital film doesn't work anymore are we talking about like desktop publishing style graphic design, right? Like, like yeah, yeah, no, physical have, cutting, cutting well, stuff out and pasting it, or yeah, yeah, because it it was you know when I got in it was nineteen ninety two. This was well, of course okay. they have Mac stations already, you know, but those those Macs were reserved uh, for for you know uh, I think you have to be the third year student to do when you first get in you have to do everything hands on like you know using the paper cutters and. Using um, Xerox machines all the time, you got to use a lot of. Uh, learn, I, I learned silk screening too, so so there's a whole bunch of these these or, you know, old school uh, printing skills that I, I had to learn, and uh, and uh, I, I already studied some printmaking back in high school, so so there's a lot of things that, that I had to get my hands on, but I never got around to doing computer, you know, Illustrator, Adobe Illustrator. No, I never got it. That that's like for a, a second or a third year students. You know, for advanced students, so so I got I got to where I had to, I I, I yeah I play with the, the the book cutters, you know, the book binders, and you know you, you know put the glue on and all that you know basic. Oh yeah, stuff. yeah. I, I worked in a print shop too um, before I even got into comic publishing, so oh, I know yeah. all about like I, I know all the like the industry lingo and how all the machines work. Uh, and like, oh, yeah, it's it's like a, a nerd world for sure. And it's mm-hmm. it's almost like audiophiles, you know, like there's people that are very particular about their paper textures and weights and the type of inks and toners and color matching. It's it's like its own little world of hipsters and perfectionists. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I feel sorry for those bunch, too, because the, the minute everything becomes desktop computer printing, you know, publishing, yeah, yeah, a lot of those guys were gone, you know, they... Mm-hmm. The, uh, the market's completely changed, and uh, or they 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 were forced to change. Uh, like yeah, it's not like they yeah. just disappear overnight, but it's like the ones that don't want to start using Photoshop. <laughs> like if it takes you, I, I've seen this, you know, personally. But if it, if it takes you a little bit longer, and you have to send your stuff in by mail, and then like it gets lost, there there's just so many different things. Versus, hey boss, it's in Dropbox. You know, check it right now, or it's on your phone. Check it right now. It's it's a very yeah. hard thing to compete with in the world right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's 
Uh, well, you know, we, we talked about it on the other show is that, uh, you know, I'm talking about AI and, you know, it's, it's, it's always a history of technological, you know, um, evolution. And, uh, you know, people either you know, adapt or die. <laughs> you know, that, that is the truth. I, as much as I hate to say it, but with this AI chapter, it's like, well, you know, maybe it's time. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know what kind of skill set I have to learn after this. Well, you, you opened up the AI uh, worm, uh, you know, can of worms a little early, but I, oh, I actually... Oh, yeah, okay, okay. We're, we're going to get read, back to that. <laughs> well, I, I read... I'm curious because I read something recently that it was a very spicy take. I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but it, it definitely had a bunch of opinions flying more so than usual. This was on... There's a, something called the Artist Hate subreddit, and then there's AI Wars subreddit, and then there's defending AI. So these three like cover a spectrum. So artist hate is weirdly named because it's actually like pro artist. Like artist hate is anti AI to the the fullest extreme. They want to ban it. They they want to dismantle it. They want to uh, basically like seed the AI learning algorithms full of poison by giving it like weird you know sort of like inputs so that it like purposefully screws up its training. And then you've got AI wars, and this is supposed to be the battleground where the extremes come to debate each other. And then you've got defending AI, which is like the pro AI crowd, which is just as extreme as the artist hate crowd, which it's a it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. But inside the AI wars, there was a spicy take, and it was that you know, AI artwork a year ago or two years ago when it was just like these ugly amorphous blobs. Like you could type in cat, and it's like, okay, it kind of looks like a cat in Times Square. That's interesting, but no one was like raising flags like, you know, we, we have to stop this. This is horrible. This is, you know, Satan coming into the world. What happened was then all of a sudden it was like, oh, wow, like that's really like there wasn't a gradual process from it not looking very good to then like, oh, wow, it's starting to look better. It was just doesn't look good. Oh, my God, that looks, you know, passable to people and that making it look passable now it starts to hurt the economic aspect. And now people are like, oh, I might lose my job to this thing. So the argument was like, is is there maybe a over like emphasis from artists about like the AI is stealing and the AI is doing all these horrible things? And is it really just more about it's going to take my job and it's going to remove money from me? Or is there like a deeper actual belief that ai is stealing from humans and it's gonna like do something bad to humanity well you know that, that's a multifaceted uh, conversation right there five words know, or I, less five words or less <laughs> we're gonna die <laughs> <laughs> okay I, I love it that, that made it under the cut <laughs> but, but uh no i, I you know, it's uh, you know joking aside it's like you know being my profession right now and you're know, trying to feed two mouths and the you know, whole family it's uh you know, I, I I've seen things come and go. You know, I, I you know I told you the story about my animation teacher, which I might tell again. Yeah, tell, um, no, tell it again because I think it makes okay. sense. Yeah, 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 just 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 my, one one of my my earliest um rare flag event. <laughs> well, you know, because I I was taught by this guy um at CalArts um my my first animation teacher after I got out of the graphics program, and I got accepted. By, by because I improve on my life drawings. That's how I got accepted. So like good life drawings. So they don't care about your cartoon designs. You know? And then when I got <laughs> in, that's when my first teacher was Larry White, and he had a he had a, a hell of a resume. You know, he worked on the he worked on the the Smurfs. He worked on the <laughs> you know what do you call it? Uh, what's that studio called? Oh man, I, I, I'm just trying to remember it. But but 
he worked a little bit on He Man too. You know, so so he, back in back in the eighties, seventies, he worked a lot, a lot of TV animation. Then, uh, of course, uh, he got trained in the, the, the feature animation notes as well, and then got got to um, rose to a prominence when he became the supervising director, supervising animator of the. Well, uh, as far as I remember, uh, his first claim to fame was the Wolfpack in the. Uh, 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 Beauty and the Beast, uh, where the wolf were, you know, where Wolfpack was uh, trying to kill uh, Bill, and, and th- those wolves were were added by him and his team. So, so I Smurf, so it, Smurfs, um, He Man, Beauty and the Beast, classic '90s um, Disney sort of like revival animation. So, the, mm-hmm. like basically the guy that helped craft our childhoods. Yeah, 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 and he also graduated from CalArts. So, so he he's a like, like generational, you know, uh, one of those. Uh, Generational you know, artists you know, passed down to. So his I'm curious for someone that also went to school for animation and and art and stuff. It almost felt to me that there was like there was a bunch of different type of people that end up going to these types of schools, right? But yeah, if I had to make two buckets, there's like the people that go in that already have everything the school could ever teach them, and they just maybe need like the right polish to be pointed in the right direction, the right tools, but they don't necessarily learn skills that are related to artwork they learn yeah. skills on how to like optimize their workflow and how to fit within a system and then you've got a bunch of people that maybe don't have like the actual skill set to do like the final art and they're wanting to learn those but it almost feels like those that group never necessarily hits the same heights or has the same opportunities as the ones that just showed up ready and they just kind of had to be like polished a little bit so yeah. it was the same at cal arts yeah, yeah, I've seen different groups of those too. You know, some some people are just like, well, you know, I'm like 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 I described. Well, you were you went to Ringling, is that right? I, I my art director at Disney went to Ringling. I oh, went to okay. Full Sail because they didn't require a portfolio. It was known as like the dropout and drug addict uh, <laughs> version of Caltech or Ringling. So yeah, okay. This was well, bef- yeah, this was before they did ever because now Full Sail does like everything, like game design and. When I went through, it was the video program, the audio program, or animation, and I mm-hmm. went to the animation program. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these little schools you know, that were are known in the past, they started to rise up. You know, I mean, Cal, Cal-, Cal- Arts is definitely not as as good as it used to be. You know, it used to be uh, one of the top because they had the, the, the faculty. You know, they used to have. You know, the, the Golden Boys, you know, from Disney. The, the Disney Legacy. Yeah, man. Yeah. Because the, the, the idea, the it's almost like a secret society. It's like, <laughs> if I go to the school that the guys that work at the place went to school, then they'll feel an affinity for me because, like, we shared the same teacher and we can talk about having this inside connection. It's really a secret society, in my opinion. Just yeah, maybe with yeah, not it, so much flair. Uh, and I wouldn't doubt that they're just in you know, <laughs> the club 33 type, you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> have some kind of discipline. And, uh, you know, they, they, they all drank with Walt at one point in their lives. You know, so when, but, when you went to Cal Arts, were you hoping to end up at Disney or was this just like a launch pad to get into other stuff? You know, it's funny because it's funny that you said that. I mean, I admired Disney, but I never really liked the products. I like old school. You know, I love I love old school, like Sleeping Beauty and. And, and anything that that's in, that's back in, you know, the, the old school Disney traditional. But, but ever since like Glenn King took over, I don't like his style. Honestly, I don't like him. I mean, I, I he's he's very energetic, very voracious. I mean, he, he he has a lot of energy in his drawings. But 
but it's just a mess. You know, <laughs> you look at his drawing. I feel sorry for the cleanup artist who worked under him. He's <laughs> you know, like, he's trying to figure out what find where the line is. You know, wait. So that's why his animation when it's cleaned up so kind of wobbly. You know, because the, the cleanup artist couldn't figure out how to tidy up the drawing. So tweeners, yeah, no, I, I feel that deeply. Yeah, and but I'm, I'm I've always I, I was raised in um, you know I went to Taiwan uh, when I was six years old, so I was I was there eight years straight, you know, uh, from six years old uh, to to fourteen years old. So I was my upbringing was mostly Japanese, Japanese manga. I read a lot of Japanese comics, a lot of like scary stuff. You know? <laughs> I would go to these bookstores, I read like the, like the horror stories of Japanese, you know, but I, you know, or, or some some cute ones like Doraemon or. Whether the, the uh, um, was the Adam Boy, um, Astro Boy, you know those kind of stuff. But 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 that was my upbringing. And but I was into like manga. You know, I was into action. <clears throat> so I, it was a strange thing. I couldn't really find the right camp for myself when I came back to this country, because in a way, I don't really. I wasn't a big fan of superheroes. I like to draw realistically. You know, that's why I decided ultimately I'm going to get into live action, which is why I'm doing now. But but I can never quite find what was my niche, you know. And and so even when I do when I did my story, um, my student film, my CalArts, it was kind of the realistic, you know, anatomically science fiction. You know, that's what I like. You know, I love live action science fiction stuff. But Disney, yeah, the old school Disney, I I I really love. You know, I love like my my I got I have my heroes. I love Mark Davis, which I saw before he died. He came to my school. Mark Davis designed the Sleeping Beauty. He designed me Maleficent, you know. He's really good at drawing women. You know? so, <laughs> for for many years, I was known for drawing all the female characters you know, in all the shows I worked on. Like like the Men in Black, they always throw L at me. Like, here, Eddie, here's an L sequence. You do it. Make it make it walk sexy. <laughs> so, it, like dude, that. honestly, that's an interesting uh, topic that I I don't know if a lot of non artists that have worked at scale and with a lot of other artists are even aware of this as much. But there's some artists that are just amazing at drawing the female figure and maybe not great at a face and then there's some artists that are like absolutely knock out at drawing like the cutest face every time with variety and then there's someone that maybe like they draw a great face once but then after you see them draw like 50 different faces it's always like the same face just kind of stretched and tweaked a little bit and there's yeah. all these very like niche disciplines and when you get to the level of what I would call like the Disney keyframers at this point, like the ones that actually draw like the most impactful moments. And then they're like, all right, give it to the squad behind me. That's going to work for the next like three or four weeks, drawing mm -hmm. all the annoying parts in between these, they kind of get to take like the prime cuts. Right. And then like leave the scraps to everyone else. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. but the, the guys that can do those full keyframes by themselves are like absolute unicorns. Usually that can do male and female figures and they can do proportion and they can do um, anatomically correct motion and consistent faces that have variety. And then, on top of like having to understand true anatomy and i feel like most really great realistic artists like they have an understanding of how the skeletal and the muscular system works and how you know skin stretches and where your nipple ends up if you're like moving your arms in a certain way like all these little things and it almost gets into that uncanny valley territory where once it looks so good now all of a sudden your brain's picking out all the parts that don't look good whereas that like less realistic disney-esque like cartoony stretchy overemphasized stuff it's almost like a cheat code it's like a shortcut because, 
yeah, you can get away with it more because now your brain's not focusing on like tiny little minutia. It's just like, okay, it's all a little bit cartoony. I'm gonna, you know, let things pass more easily. That's like your subconscious mind talking. So when yeah, you get yeah. into the realism that you do, I, I've got a, a huge respect for it because it takes, I don't know, a, a lot more discretion and knowledge and like understanding how light works from a physical level and not just observing it, you know, naturally. Yeah, yeah. I actually, because <clears throat> after all these years working professionally, that I started to look back and admire uh, Glenn Vilpu, you know, the, the, the guy who rejected me the first year. Uh, but but that's what it is, you know, this life drawing. Actually, I, I have to go back and say life drawing was really what saved me, what improved me, you know. If anything, that's worth the four years of tuition. <laughs> it took a huge amount of student loan on it. And it's life drawing, you know. And uh, it, but even though and by life drawing, age, you mean like like uh, human figures, right? Yeah, human figures. And and Glennon was a very good teacher, you know. He, he would immediately critique, you know, th these are some of the points you gotta you, you basically make your eyes train to register why why this is not working, why this muscle is, is, is incorrect and perspectively. You know, he 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 you. He knows all of the muscle names and everything. You know, he he basically cover every every ground and then say, "Hey, you know, the whole drawing is messed up. Take it, start over. You know, because you, you started with the wrong proportion. You know, the head's too big already. It's messed up. So 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 basically, just try to make us like you know, make sure we get all the ratio proportions, you know, dotted, you know, um, drafted out, and then work around that. You know, and and also give it the the right, you know." Look at things in the right angle, you know, and break into shapes and cones and you know um, columns and whatnot. So, so it's a so he really, yeah, he really opened my mind that way, and um, and, and I, I have to thank him for that. Uh, it, it's also very maybe we can get into some some crazy story with that that school. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's let's do it. Yeah. So so what happened was so I got it, it, you know one and two years so. So the first two years was, was really really good years for me because there's so many great teachers coming in. Glenn King came in, um, you know the the nine old men all came in. Uh, all all these the ones that are survivors, you know, they, most of them died already. And I saw uh, Frank and Ollie, you know, the 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 the, the two buddies that they're always working together. You know, the the, the two the Frank and Ollie, uh, uh, Mark Mark Davis, and who else did I, did I see? There were four of them that I remember I saw, and uh, <laughs> the nine old men, you know. So, so they all died eventually. But, but after all that first year, first two years, it was it was great. It was golden years. And then the earthquake struck. Earthquake struck in nineteen ninety four, and that was my. Uh, I would say it's my yeah. It's, it's almost towards the middle of my second year, and that's when things got really crazy, you know, because the whole building, uh, main campus in Valencia. Was covered with asbestos, kind of like the, the World Trade Center. You know, it's covered with asbestos, <laughs> so so you cannot go in there, right? So so they were doing a huge cleanup job, and uh, and everything was out. There's no gas, and then the students were in the dormitory. We all stuck. So we're like, what is the point? And we can't. The students try to go to classes in the tents, and it's like under the scorching sun. That doesn't work. So everybody gave up. So that's it. We're packing up and going. So so after that, we came back. And then uh, the school was still not repaired, so they D Disney, you know, is a, is a board of trustee. So they they decided, okay, we we got a good connection. We we got us, uh, got, we're gonna move to um, uh, Lockheed Martin uh, Skunk Work, 
in uh in sagas <laughs> it, it's like sagas was like it's like redneck country back then you know there's there's like some hidden neo-nazi camp in the back in the mountains somewhere <laughs> but i didn't uh, i actually i mean that's who you want working at lockheed probably yeah, <laughs> all the Nazis were there. That's right. <laughs> all the all the, uh, the Operation Paperclip there, but uh, but then we we went. I didn't know it was Skunk Works, but when we got there, it was just this huge compound, and and I was like, how did we get this place? And it, it slowly started to come together. As, oh my God, this school is, is connected with the military. Disney is connected with the military. Oh, you know, big, they, I mean, that shouldn't be a surprise at all, though, because Disney. He actually left, like Walt Disney himself, kind of left the world of his feature films for a while. Because you mentioned like Snow White and some of those earlier films. If you look at how long they were in production, we're talking over a decade, right? Like people mm -hmm. start this. This blows my mind about Disney the most is that there were animators that were working on a movie, went off to World War II, fought, killed people, saw you know saw their like friends you know massacred in war, and then came back and then finished up a Disney movie, and then like. <laughs> People are bringing their kids to it, not realizing that the most of the guys that worked on these animations had just come back from one of the most Blood horrific up. things to ever happen. Right? It's such a it's a weird sort of like a complex with that, but yeah, it's it's like a different class. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's it's very interesting. Uh, these uh, yeah, dude, you know, of course, Disney was involved with a lot of military propaganda, you know, shorts as well. Yeah, and, Vic uh, Victory by Air Power is is the best best known, I think. Yeah, 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 and we we, <laughs> we all know how much uh, uh what's his name uh Joseph Gobble uh uh yeah he <laughs> the propaganda minister was you know was a huge admirer of Disney as well, so God knows if <laughs> if they even like you know, make connections there, but uh but but yeah, but I was just trying to say you know that that was uh, that really opened my eyes to see wow you know this is a this is a, a very strange connection and uh and 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 in, in the campus um I actually saw a fireball. I saw I was, there's a there's a road leading to the campus because they they haven't even built any major roads into that. They, they, I'm pretty sure that the underground tunnels that take people there for work, but but the students have to drive through this little dirt road called the old the old road. So I took the old road and then and then all of a sudden I saw this streaking fireball flying towards that campus. I'm like, wait a second, what was that? And it was never it was not on the news. I'm like. This has got to be a failed craft. It has to be a failed uh, triangular. And this craft. is by the new Lockheed campus that you got moved to. Yeah, well, yeah, it's right above it. It crashed right above it, and nobody said nothing. I was like, "Did you see that fireball?" And nobody saw it. I'm like, "I can't be doing <laughs> nothing." I saw something. I swear to God. And uh, so, so that yeah, it was. Just they crazy. just knew not to say that part out loud. You were you were still new. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and so you know, we, we, me and my my friends were kind of mischievous, so we. We actually kind of like scouted around the area at night, in the middle of the night, when there's little security. We we, we walked into the, the air tunnels for the test of the jet engines, and it's just like radioactive signs everywhere. You, know? <laughs> you, you walk in, you know, you your wrist uh, losing your your productive uh, reproductive uh, wrist, a huge reproductive harm. You know? <laughs> you can zap your balls out, you know, something like that. But uh, but we walked in just gigantic, you know. And you just know they they put like these strange crafts, like blasting through, you know, you know, jet of airstream and all that stuff. But but you know, but, but that's that. But I, when we got back, that's why I realized, wow, you know, this is uh, interesting. We I also saw um, Spielberg and Kassenberg for the first time. They they came when we were about to leave the campus. They were doing recruitment, you know, at the end of the school year. 
Uh, so personally, DreamWorks, like they showed up personally to recruit. Yeah, because DreamWorks was just forming. You know, Jeffrey Casper just just give uh, Michael Eisner a big fu. You know, so he walked out with with all his funding and and uh, you know got got Spielberg as a huge buddy and uh, you know uh, uh, who's the third one? Uh, David Geffen, right? So. So the three of them formed, uh, but only uh, that day only uh, only Spielberg and and Casper walked through, and everybody was like lining up in the hallway trying to like witness, you know, see these two in, in person. The kingmakers, bro. I mean, that's kingmakers, yeah. And but they're tiny. When they walk right by me, I thought these guys are midges. <laughs> I mean, these guys are just squat. You know, they're, they're, I'm a short guy, so imagine they're like right here. They're, they can't be more than five feet tall. I'm like, I was laughing, but they're goose stepping right, right through. And then I just remember when when went to the, the the conference was packed. I, mean, I I could barely hear anything. I was waiting, to almost squeeze outside the door. And, but it, it was it was it was a really crowded room. And and then uh and then the Kassenberg just just went on the microphone and said, "Hey, you guys all know who I am." Yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's drooling. You know. Everybody, especially the seniors and juniors, they're, they're all trying to you know, get a job and get out of the campus. So, and he's like, "Well, you know, you know, I walked out of Disney, I quit Disney, but like Coca Cola, I walked out with the secret formula." You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "You with the Coca Cola secret formula? The special like, recipe? Exactly. I know the recipe of success. Basically, that's what he's saying. Yeah, and, and just uh, like Coca Cola, it was cocaine." <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. You need a whole bunch of that, you know, line after line. A bunch of animators, you just pump them full of cocaine and PTSD and just let them go crazy. <laughs> let them flip. flip you know, so sometimes you flip so hard you can get a... I actually got a paper cut on my eyeball one time because I I, I'm, I was nearsighted. I was wearing glasses. I, I got LASIK now. But 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 back then I had to take out my glasses and, you know, flipping the paper when I animate. And then I got too close. It sliced my eyeball. I was like, ah! I was winching for like two days straight. That's like the war scar. You like see all the OGs and they've just got like a bunch of paper cuts all over their eyes. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it's pretty common, you know. But uh so 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 that's that's just a little chapter of my school years, you know. And uh but uh well, you start you I... started talking about that as um the story about I know how it ends because you've told it to me before, but oh, like yeah. you got like a warning from one of those teachers oh. that, that oh, you uh, I'm sorry. Were... I skipped the whole nine yard. I was in the middle of telling that story. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I get a I get the sidetrack. That was quickly. no. That was good because that that gives a whole bunch of extra context and um, like <laughs> you were in the you were in the thick of it and it was kind of like that to me is being recruited. I was like the four star generals coming out and deciding who they're going to put together to be their suicide squad. Oh yeah, yeah, you know that that was like like that was everybody was so proud, you know, to be there. You know, there's like with the elite school, you know, these people come here. And is this pretty much everyone is specialized in traditional, like all hand done art at this point, right? Like, there's yeah, you're not even really dealing with anyone that's focused on digital. There were well, the the funny thing is that we're not we were not the only animation program. We were in the character animation program, and Mm. downstairs was the experimental animation. Which also has some uh, um, uh, famous graduates, you, you know, like uh, for example, it's not like the best example, but but you know, Aha, you know, the Take on Me music video, right? You know, the one that that this uh, rotoscope, you know, that that was which done by, ironically uh, is is one that a lot of people are using AI now to like reinterpret because it's uh, it has a very specific style that's like 
it caters well to AI because it's not very precise. You know, it's got sort of this abstract look to it. So yeah, it's it's like AI is already repeating that one. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that that'll be a good prompt to use for sure. <laughs> yeah. So so um so yeah, that that guy who who did the, the all the aha videos, he graduated from experimental. Uh, experimental is like this weird dungeon, like in the sub level. So 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 those guys. What was I talking about them? Oh. <laughs> I can't even remember why I was mentioning them. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, well I'm, I was asking if anyone else had worked digital because I know that the, oh, this, yeah, yeah. this first story ends with like the teacher that came and gave you a warning. Yeah. Well, they 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 had they had a, um, um, a Silicon Graphics. Actually, they had besides that story that I told you in the, in the show, uh, they, our our campus they did have two machines. I think it was shared by four students and. Uh, but but this silicon graphics, you know, so so those are very expensive back then. So mm-hmm. so that room was was like uh, the, the teacher named Dale. Um, he he was he was overseeing all the technical aspect of our, our of both both the experimental and character. So so you know, he also takes take, take charge of the, the cameras. I, I I learned how to use the uh, the motion cameras basically. I learned to program them. And also, uh, because I was a teacher's assistant in the last two years there, so I wasted a and lot. When of When you say on... program the motion cameras, this is basically when you like know where everyone's going to be standing in a certain scene, and you basically tell it like go here, and then go there, and then go here, and then you tell it like how you want it to move and tween around and and all yeah. that. Right? Yeah, because then you, then you do the background in a long sheet, you know, not, not just uh, yeah, the, the the characters would be animated in the, the regular size uh, the punch hole paper, and then um. But 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 there would be these uh you know the the, the animation bars that the, with the movement and also the the camera uh, are it's multi level too so it can zo- do zoom ins it can lift the, the whole platform it can it can do pans so so uh and the, 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 that's the video camera there's also a film camera which I didn't know how to operate I forgot is it Oxberry I forgot the name of the camera but but yeah that's that's more for film um to shoot and film. So the, the experimental people use that one because they, they go to they use, they submit their student film to film festivals a lot, uh, producing um, eight millimeter, sixty millimeter films. Um, but but I so there they also there's also Amiga Lab as well, which I was also you know they they started to use Amiga Lab to do sound and also to use pencil tests because the pencil tests used to be uh, you know the the time lapse machine, the time lapse of Sony, you, know, you can shoot single frames, you know. And playback in, in full motion, but but sometimes it's not very really reliable. It breaks breaks down a lot, so a lot of students start to use the Amiga to, to to shoot shoot their frames, you know, hmm. frame by frame. So, um, so but then the lab that I was telling you about that was Silicon Graphics. That's when this we're, we're training people to do 3D, but it's very small class, very selective. Not everybody can get in. I don't know what the qualifications were because. <laughs> I don't know where those students went. You know, those, those students they, they spend like three, four years in, in a master's program. There's a the real secret there. society. Like they're they're the ones that like knew the secret handshake for real. Yeah, yeah, but but I'm pretty sure they got nowhere because very soon those machines became dinosaurs. You know, yeah. so yeah, so so that was that was that was that. Uh, so it was not alarming enough because they, they, they already have. You know, we, we've been seeing computer animation since Tron. You know, so, so 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 it never was a big threat until you know when Disney and and uh, Toy, you know, the success of Toy Story was the biggest threat because Disney's been distributing uh, you know, Pixar 
for years, right? And, and not until it was time to, Disney decided to take over Pixar. When when did that merger happen? The merger happened two thousand six or two thousand five. I forget. But 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 when Toy Story came out, it was a big threat to Disney. Disney was still doing two D animation, you know, and they already passed the golden age. When I went to Kalash, it was the golden age. That was when Lion King came out, uh, Aladdin came out. Oh, my first year was, was, was when was when Little Mermaid made a huge <laughs> Little Mermaid. Yeah, looking back, but but that, yeah, I mean, yeah, honestly, was, I mean, it's it's silly, but the Little Mermaid movie is definitely peak hand drawn nineties. I mean, I, I yeah. say hand drawn, but I think everything from the Great Mouse Detective and after was digitally assisted in some way, and then depending on how you define digitally assisted you can all you mentioned this on one of our other shows but if you go back and watch like 101 dalmatians you can mm-hmm. see like the xerox dirt where someone didn't clean up from some certain frames and stuff so oh yeah it, like technology has always been part of disney's process of you know making things faster shorter cheaper uh, yeah. yeah you look at you know uh, the robin hood there's a whole bunch of overlap with uh with jungle book you know the right. same exact movements well, same like, voice too same voice actor for the oh movie. my god yeah yeah so it's hilarious but but uh but so to just fast forward it was you know, when story toy story came out that was 95 so i was still at school but when well, Little Mermaid saved Disney. You got to know that. You know, Disney was on the verge of bankruptcy. If Little Mermaid, Mermaid, Little Mermaid was make or break for Disney. At the time. Really, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. It, they were they were they're definitely in trouble, and so 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 with that success, suddenly Disney just just got you know shot through the world stage as a you know, premier entertainment company, and uh, so so uh, when Toy Story came out soon after, they realized, oh my God, there's a there's a so there's an itch that they cannot scratch. And they have to distribute their, their film by the same time. It's like, wait a second, these guys are doing better than us. And kids are swarming to, to, to people, kids are uh, get, getting attracted to the appeal of 3D animation, you know, the polished look and, and, the, and the, the, you know, the, the perfect, you know, in betweens, you know, the flow of, you know, everything is streamlined. So, so well, and not got- just that, man, but like the appeal of, Having someone come back to, you know, you've got your your um, stack of papers or, or cells or whatever, and someone comes by like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and like change the shape of the eyes. And you're just looking at it like, how many of these do I have to, to change now? And then the 3D guy's like, okay, cool. I'll just swap out this model for this model and hit render again. And then they walk off and they're like, I'll be back in 30 hours when this is done, right? And everyone praises them. Yeah, you, you just use uh, the, the the what do you call it, the deep fake. You know, you can immediately fix anything. You know, yeah, it's just replace eyeballs. You know? Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's amazing how technology improved. But but to just get to that story is that that was a time when I was graduating ninety six. I graduated, and I I I, um, I, 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 I get to the, my misfortunes <laughs> when I graduated. But but talk about that story with a teacher, Larry White. You know, so I was. He was my hero. He actually left the campus in shame because he he was dating one of our students, uh, one of our classmates. Is this this hot blonde? <laughs> you know, was she, she of she age, looked, or, or was this like an illegal had, thing? The, she is of age. She's like in her thirties. So, so what was the so, problem? There's a 
there's a lot of horny, jealous you know, students there. We would barely, okay. no, we have yeah, a, no. really have a handful of females in the program. You know, I get it. Like no, a nerd I, of I, all I nerds. Yeah, <laughs> our program is pathetically male. You know, it's it just a bunch of people are just with the, the exploding in testosterone. So, I, yeah, so, I remember that same dynamic. There was like there'd be like one girl to every thirty guys, and that's maybe being generous. Yeah, no, please draft him in, you know. But but that she was cute, and but she yeah, she's not a young girl. So so I at first I thought uh, it's in, I thought it's inappropriate because he's a teacher, not not of age. But a lot of people say, oh, he's a pedophile. Da, da, da. I'm like, she's not a kid anymore. But but I love Larry so much that it didn't matter that much to me. But people started to really talk shit, you know, and really made it uncomfortable. And I don't know how it happened, but he left. And, and I was feeling very sad because I was like, I really admired him. He's a great animation teacher. I learned a lot from him. That so that, that woke crowd was already getting into cancel culture early. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, but 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 we know it's, it's straight out of jealousy. You know, because people wanted attention from the girls all the time. So when that was taken, there's just nothing left for them. So so <laughs> one day after uh, graduate, I I went to work for SquareSoft at the time, and so I, I couldn't get into any feature animation, which I talk about. Um, when I on a, was on the street of Los Angeles somewhere, and I bump into Larry, so I was like, Larry. Hey, how you doing, man? I don't know what happened to you. I thought you were—I was about to you. I thought you were dead. You know? but, but but I I knew he was working at Disney at some point. But but no, nothing heard from him anymore. And so we're was, all gonna die. <laughs> yeah. Are we gonna survive this industry? So, uh, but but he—I just saw him, and, and you know, he he was a little pasty at that time, and uh, and just like a nervous wreck. And I've never seen him like that. I'm like, Larry, you okay? I think right with uh with our classmate. <laughs> no, no, they, no, they, they, they broke up before we, I even graduated, so I knew it didn't work out for them. But 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 I saw him. What's wrong with you? I'm like, Why are you? So, he said, Eddie, I'm being serious right now. No jokes aside. Okay, man, you gotta learn computer animation. You gotta get yourself a silicon graphics and learn 3D animation. Uh, just a, just a gotta, cool like twenty grand in the nineties. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, you know, just just like <laughs> look right into my wallet. <laughs> yeah, and you'll be lucky to do to get a car. You know, that nothing costs like a car, and, and so I and the software is also very expensive too. It wasn't mine. I forgot what it was. What was it called before that? Uh, oh my god. Okay, I I blanked out. On no, well, this software. is back when like 3D Studio Max and Lightwave were also in their infancy, right? 3D Studio Max was for PC, right? And and it right. Was, that was the it one was... that I pirated off AOL server rooms or whatever in the nineties. Yeah, but but yeah, like I, if you didn't have an actual computer that was capable of doing it, I mean, you know, have fun waiting for like three hours for a very low polygon image to render out. <laughs> Not even ray tracing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, so 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 that's why he was telling me just to get ready to take some classes. And I'm like, why? I mean, I'm doing storyboard. I'm just fine. I I'm doing my pushing pencils. And he said, he said, well, Disney just just dropped the axe on twenty thousand people. You know, twenty thousand, especially from Florida. You know, I mean, I forgot how many people got laid off in, in Burbank, but but in Florida, you know, all the 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 the, the, the in between and, and cleanup. Yeah, I, ironically, Jeez, in cool. Disney World in Florida, right across from the little mermaid ride was the like animation sort of like area and i remember distinctly as it went from hey look you can see real disney animators at work it was almost like an attraction 
to it becoming like a museum exhibit of like, and here's, <laughs> you know, one of the things that an animator, you know, used to use of this thing. It, it happened so quick over that period of time. I know. Yeah. It, because I remember my classmates, they're, they're so annoyed because they, they have to have a, a lot of them have long hair. They have to trim it. They have to wear like tie or whatever. You know, just for these, these, these visitors walk above them, you know, it's, it's well, all that, like glass. right? That, like, that one's interesting to me because I actually, I had a beard when I uh, was working at Disney on the back lot. And because I was, in the animation building that also had a big window that people could walk by or see i fell into that category and super long story short but i pushed back really hard i, I might have even almost lost my job over how much i didn't want to shave and hmm. eventually they it was described to me on like why this was the way it was and it's because if you take your kids there in 1980 and then you know, your, your kids take their kids there in 20, you know, in 2000. And then uh, again, like every 20, 30 years or, you know, every generation they want it. So if you're looking through all those photos, all the people in the background just kind of like blend in and they don't stand out. So no facial hair that doesn't look exactly the same as it did in the seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, same with every other little part. And we were also talking about how close Disney and the military are related I mean, me having come almost directly from the military and then right into Disney, I almost felt like that, like they were playing by the same rule book because the military also tells you like to the, the, the eighth of an inch, you know, how long your sideburns can be and how long like this and that can be. And Disney had like a very similar sort of notebook that was like, you know, you have to measure it and it can't go this far below your earlobe. And, and it just felt like a very military sort of regimen. Oh man, which branch of military were you in? I was in the the chair force. Oh, the 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 chair, the air force. But yeah, we called oh, it the chair yeah. force because you could just work inside in like an office for a lot yeah. of the jobs. Unless you're like Top Gun, right? Right, but even then, you're sitting in a chair most of the time, right? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, I didn't think about that. And it's like, oh yeah, you actually you you actually fuse to the seat all the time. Be, be one with the machine, yeah. But um, yeah, that, that's cool though. Yeah, I mean, my my dad's wasn't a uh, well, he he enlisted in uh, in U.S. Navy during Vietnam War, and then then he went went on to 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 U.S. Army, and uh, so yeah, it's, it's another story if you want me to tell that. But <laughs> it's another conspiracy with who he was working with in, in Presidio, but um, but yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> so what, what I was trying to say was uh. Oh yeah, so 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 just wrapping up the story was that Larry was telling me you you gotta learn to do silicon graphics, otherwise you know you, you're you're on the way out as dinosaur. And then it didn't take me long to figure out that he was working on the dinosaur project, <laughs> you know the, the 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 super expensive Disney dinosaur project. It cost you, Disney literally over two hundred million dollars. Are you talking and, about oh, the TV show Dinosaur? No, no, the 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 movie, the feature film Dinosaur, which. Surprisingly, few people You're knew. Drawn a blank, man. I'm yeah, drawing a yeah. blank to be honest. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm pretty sure it's on Disney Plus. If you have Disney Plus, you can watch it. But but it, that movie was their answer to Toy Story, and it barely answered. It almost bankrupted the damn company because it, they they basically bought like hundreds and thousands of like equipment, um, you know, silicon graphics, uh, um, you know, every Larry was. Since he was a master animator, he was, you know, he was given a pink slip, but they were telling him, oh, you know, you, you got an option. You, you get to take a pay cut 
and learn to use silicon graphics engines or wow. take the high road you know so that that truly was like we're no longer doing hand-drawn animation like that's that's the old school everyone that was fired. Almost, that was almost the, the, the nail in the coffin because they were still producing they still wrote out a few more after that like like mulan was sort of a success then tarzan and then I think I think Treasure Planet was when things got really bad, because Treasure Planet was not cheap. I, we were just watching it with my kids last night. I was like, "This thing is not that cheap." <laughs> it's, it's, it looks like a rather expensive to the to the um, the piece from Disney. So I, I don't know which one was the last last to the. Um, well, of course we know the Princess and the Frog was pretty much it. You know, they did <laughs> that that kind of took over the. The Splash Mountain, right? <laughs> but ag- but again, even those ones, like they might have been more traditional than others. But at that point, they also had like a completely computerized assisted workflow. It was just how much of the animation is actually being done by a person at some point versus yeah. uh, like a three D model or or some you know software that's doing most of the the heavy lifting. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure they they they're, they're doing like. I, I'm not too sure. I, I I cannot say. Maybe maybe they got vector. You know, you know, like all these drawings are are converting to vectors, and they, they, you know, makes it easy to 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 do the in betweens, right? Um, yeah, I don't even know what what uh um uh what do you call it? The uh, what kind of license? Um, what's that? <laughs> I keep forgetting these words. Uh, you know, basically, get yeah, this specialized software developed at Disney, a proprietary software. You know, so um. But yeah, so so that was that. That was like wow. You know, I I didn't I didn't realize the revolution came in the, the you know. But I, luckily, you know, I've been doing storyboards for twenty some years now, and still, well, the, the only thing is I was doing pencil, right? So, okay, maybe I should. Well, I, I mean, I'm sorry. We, we were already one hour in. Do 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 you still want to talk about the, the my my career thing, or do you want to go? Yeah, you know, go go where you want to go. I, I also want to get into some like your views on the occult with all this. You mentioned SquareSoft. Sure. You were there when they did Final Fantasy VII. I want to I want to talk about all that stuff and more. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, um, yeah. So so um, yeah. So when I <laughs> so when I got out of CalArts, I, I I had some trouble because I'm one. I'm like one of those last ones who wanted to get a degree you know because my 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 brother failed he went to multiple colleges never he has ptsd you know when we were in taiwan he was like traumatized by the experience so <laughs> taiwan was not an easy island to survive and and then he, he was abused over there and so so he, he he kept running away so he never got a diploma uh you know to to dismay of my parents and my both my parents were you know highly educated people and uh so i i thought uh all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on it and get a degree. So when I stayed for four years, I lost a lot of chances. I could have gotten jobs in the second year, but um, so I was. Was that an option to leave after your second year and what have like an associate's instead yeah, of a bachelor's? Yeah, because a lot of these people, a lot of, if you look at a lot of these uh, directors, producers at, at Pixar and Disney, and even at Warner Brothers, a lot of them were my classmates who never finished their school. They, they, yeah, they took because two, they get plucked. Yeah, yeah, they got plucked, and then they got yeah. groomed, and next thing you know, do the the big honchos. Nobody ever asked them for the diploma. You know, in, in the animation business, nobody ever tells you to. They, you went to CalArts? Let me see your CalArts. Yeah, the, the same phenomenon was at my school, but instead of, you know, like the Disney's and like the big um, companies, it was like Blizzard. Like Blizzard would tap on you or 
um, like one of the production companies that worked on music videos or MTV or something like those are the ones that you wanted to get tapped by. And yeah, they would pluck people like sometimes even before they even got their associates because they didn't want anyone else to get a hold of them. It's it's almost like how uh, sports agents or like NBA, uh, NBA scouts will like try to like get kids when they're still, you know, like eighth or ninth grade because they want to get the first dibs before they get huge and they start having like college prospects. And that same stuff happens in the entertainment industry, acting, yeah. animation, illustration, everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, this game was like a little bit of coffee. And even, uh, yeah, like even some of the, in a creepy way, some of the original like Nick Nickelodeon animators were like grooming children animators to like get into yeah that's a whole other episode <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's it's a weird environment i mean i well but, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's weird because it's it's like a weird merit based on one aspect and then it's also very apprenticeship based so it exists in this world where you have to like you were just describing almost like a personal connection with some of the teachers and having a fascination for like the things that they actually had a role in and that giving it gravitas and you respecting them because of that versus any other school out there where you're just showing up and there's like some stranger that's telling you to like, you know, turn to some page and you're just like, who's this idiot? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah the, the, the whole apprenticeship, you know, the, uh, uh, yeah, it's exactly. You know, they're <laughs> kind of like, yeah, the mentorship, you know, and, and, and you, you, you're trying to, yeah, there's some weird. There's, there are some weird characters that that are trying to recruit, and it has some weird touch. Um, the actually, the the, the cleanup department, the um, cleanup, the head of cleanup, and 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 uh, in between, I forgot his name. He's a Latino guy with a big stash, and uh, he would come every year. The school doesn't like him because the school's like, oh, they just want to pick the students to do in cleanup in between. They do the low, low lowly jobs. Yeah, that's. And, I mean, honestly, that's what I did. That was the closest that I got to like Disney Animation was doing cleanup and in between work. Yeah, but, but I mean, but it looks fun because what he would do, he would bring a tape. He secretly go bring a tape. Like, Don't tell your teachers, and you put it into the pencil test machine. You know, <laughs> and of course, you could come in like late at night, so he basically sneak into our campus because he knows that the teachers would, would start like want to monitor what he's doing. He would show us like X-rated Disney porn. <laughs> like, 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 basically, like, like what they do, you know, all these lonely animators. They, they, they started drawing like little, like, like, uh, you know, a little baby doing this and that. With, with, with some, well, yeah, dude, that that's all, so. <laughs> this comes up all the time when when it, we ever like start talking about occult Disney, and it's yeah. like, man, are they really working in like all these sexual things? Like, what is it for? And part of it is what we were talking about before, where it's like you're going to school and it's 30 males to one female and then like she'll get a girlfriend like she'll get a boyfriend within like the first month and then that was just all dudes for the longest time and then also how some guys specialize in being able to draw the female figure well guess where that's from it's being fascinated with the female figure and they tend to also draw like very sexy like pinups and like that's a niche so if you've got that guy that's that's literally working like 20 hour days for months maybe even years with a bunch of other guys in a room and they're drinking and they're smoking and they've maybe been to the war and back so they're not like holding back at all yeah like those guys are are blow it's part blown off steam it's part like this is what i've always done this is what i'm actually good at doing but then like if i'm working on a disney project i obviously can't put boobs on everything 
but if they could, they would have, you know what I mean? So I feel like the things that made it into the movies, yes, they are intentional, but I, I, I want to get your opinion on this too. Yeah. But I, I feel like it's not an art director or some CEO that's like, ha, 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 we're going to, we're going to corrupt the youth, put some dicks on that, uh, that castle in the background. If yeah. anything, it's like the animators that are just like, Hey, <laughs> check this out. Doesn't that look like a dick? And then it's like, that's awesome. You know, keep it in there. And I feel like that's yeah. a large majority of it. You know, you know, it, 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 you know I, I, I can't say that I can dispel what you just said, but, but, but the, the, the truth is, yeah, it's mostly because these, these 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 artists are just bored out of their minds, you know. They and and they're they they they're you know, crafted enough skill to to know how to do these scenes, how to how to make a you know do a striptease of a, you know, or a Jessica Rabbits or something, um, you know, or, or or even give like the you know. So there's some famous examples out there. You know, you already seen. There's the deleted yeah. scene of Jessica Rabbit when she falls out of the taxi cab when they're coming yeah, out of Moon World. <laughs> There's also a deleted scene from Also Roger Rabbit when the baby Herman walks under someone's dress and sticks his finger up and comes out and yeah it's like his middle finger and he turns into like a devil face when he does it. There's the uh, the Rescuers movie which is one of the more famous ones but that one had a clip of a actual lady that was nude in like the background of a window as they were flying but that was That's allegedly right. done by a distributor that guy. I don't know how true that is because I wasn't even alive when that aired in the movie theaters, mm -hmm. but apparently that was a distributor and then it made it all the way through. And the the other one that comes out a lot is the word sex in Lion King, Lion King although yeah, that one yeah. gets the spelled as it was the special effects department and it really spells SFX and not SEX. <laughs> oh my god, but I also, like, who knows? That way, <laughs> you've never heard that explanation of it before. No. Yeah, that, but I know, I know that I, it's clearly sex to me. I, don't know, I, I didn't even try to, to try to explain it. Are there are there any others that I and then there's the erection in um, Little, Little Mermaid, Mermaid when well. the priest does yeah. the thing, and then obviously yeah. the background has like these phallic things. But I think that's like the biggest. There's one other that in Aladdin he says, "Teenagers, take off your clothes." But yeah, that yeah. one, like, you really. Uh, have to like want to hear that and then also be like okay maybe i hear it you know what i mean it's it's not <laughs> very specific yeah but but that, that guy who was sneaking to our campus he was showing things that were never released it was ne that never right, right, made yeah. it to, to, to the cutting room yeah so yeah so, like, like they have somebody animated with gaston like open up the, the, you know when you say chest full of hair and he, he pulls open and this madonna's bra point you know sticking out <laughs> and so, 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 so like, what yeah that's not sexy <laughs> if they want to get out of debt man i mean they could have made some real money by by putting oh, some yeah. of that out they could easily like sneak out some of these these cells and sell them for a thousand dollars each. But uh, well, actually, I, I was at in Burbank over here. They 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 had a they had a Disney auction in the mall in local mall, and uh and I, and they have a whole section in the back. Uh, well, when you do is selling everything, they're selling from Disneyland rides. You know the the, the, the uh, Peter Pan the ship. You know that's thing. Like, I think it was sold for a hundred thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. And then also Dumbo ride, you know that that chair is also uh, sold for eighty thousand something like that. It's crazy, but the sales were all like thousand dollars. So well, the the cheapest would be like two hundred fifty, but those are really like kind of you know characters you don't care about, you know. But but it's it's amazing. Like Gurgi or something, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but the sales will only get more and more expensive because you know digital takeover. But 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 what I'm trying to say is um. 
Yeah, so so Disney, you know, when I worked at Disney, okay, so so I never really worked at Disney, even though I was grooming in, in the Disney campus. Um, I never really worked for Disney until um, two thousand and fourteen, and that, that's when I worked on uh, Elena Abelor, a TV show, the, the Latina, the first Latina princess. <laughs> it's all CD What was it show. called? It's called Elena of Avalor. Elena of Avalor. Elena Avalor, yeah. Okay. So it's it, I don't know. I mean, it had its popularity, but I, I think it kind of came and went. And um, but my my producer, he, you know, it's no secret. There's a lot of gay people in Disney. Mm-hmm. A lot. My producer was gay. You know, openly gay. <laughs> like, you could you could be you could be even more flamey than this guy. It was, but, uh, and the same in Orlando. It was actually like. It's like the, an unspoken thing that some people knew about that Disney was just overwhelmingly welcoming to you know gay people before it was sort of like a, a badge that you could wear and chain you know put a rainbow on your. This would actually have been controversial before everybody came out. The you know corporations all came out of the closet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so, so I would say, um, if anything weird that's been going on that I've been hearing about is. Uh, Actually, a lot of my classmates who went to Disney, they end up turning gay. And I'm like, is this like a mafia going on that converted? Did, did Disney kids? do this? Yeah, just like very bizarre, you know. And meth? Uh, Maybe like instead of using Coke, they started using meth and then that turned them gay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's some theories that, that meth that can turn people gay. That, that That's what I've been hearing, you know, because it, 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 it causes... I don't know. I'm not a chemist, but but knowing that it, it will mess it will mess with the hormone big time. You know, it will. I mean, it, it, it actually it's actually really bad for women. You know, men you know, compared to, to to effects to men. Men at least it will like boost the testosterone, but at the same time, testosterone you have too much of it, it becomes a a gay issue. <laughs> I think. Well, let me blow my nose real quick. And I want to I want to hear too about your experience at SquareSoft. And I don't I know you worked on at least a couple games there. Did you actually work directly on Final Fantasy VII at any point? Yeah, well, well, yeah. I okay, I didn't. I helped a few things uh, because Final Fantasy VII was already ready to to go was ready on its way to publishing. Um, when I was at SquareSoft, that's when um, well, they were. They were recruiting at CalArts. That's how I got to know them. You know, they, they were they were not my top choice because oh, I just make it real quick because I was supposed to work with multiple different people. I was interviewed by Brad Bird, you know Brad Bird of uh, Incredibles. Um, he, he directed Incredibles and uh, 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 what else he directed uh, Tomorrowland. And so, so you I still had your eye on Disney. Well, I, well, for for him, he was at he was at Turner Feature Animation at the time. He 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 went to Disney later. You see, what happened with him was that at the time I was graduating ninety six, he was with you know Ted Turner, you know, Turner Feature Animation. So that was his baby. Yeah, Don't Swim Cartoon Network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He owns all that. So 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 Turner Feature Animation was supposed to work on his project called Raygun, which he still hasn't made. It, it'll be incredible because I saw the concept art. I saw uh, Tony Facelli was the, the the visual developer. Visual development artist that his right hand man, and so I saw those storyboards doing my interview along with five six other students, and uh, 
and I was supposed to go with them, but I, I stayed because I wanted to finish my program. I wanted to get my diploma. So all these people who got recruited, you know, they went on their way. I thought I could. I still have another year to go. But <laughs> you were so, like, "No, this there's something to this academic system here. Like, I I think there's something to this. I'm going to see it through. There's gold yeah, at the yeah. end of the academic tunnel. <laughs> it's crazy. And mostly, it's, you know, my dad too. My dad was convincing me that you got to get a diploma. You shame the family. Asian <laughs> 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 bullshit. You know, so <laughs> so it's, I, I it's weird because I mean, in certain professions it matters, but I can't think of many where it matters less than in artwork and in like music, uh, and like yeah. a lot of like these creative sort of areas. Well, no, because my dad he never wanted me to go to art school anyway. He's a oh, doctor. Yeah, of course not. Yeah, I don't think any me... parent will want their kid to go to art school unless they were already rich. <laughs> yeah, you starve. You stop on the street with no help. Is that a direct quote? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm just making fun of it. No, he, he doesn't. Even, he his English is actually so much better than that. He, he was he's been in the country since 14 years old. You know, so yeah, but but yeah, he, his his English dialect is, is pretty good. But but what happens is that because I decided to stay through it, so so I lost that chance. I was supposed to get in, get on the ray gun. Then Warner Brothers bought Turner Feature Animation. The merger happened. Then the merger happened, all the phone lines went dead. And so I thought, okay, I, I call uh, Hannah Barbera because I worked on uh, Johnny Quest on my third year uh, summer. I worked on an episode of uh, Johnny Quest. I didn't Con- even know Concept why. art or, or what was your role uh, uh, there? Storyboard. I was doing storyboards Storyboard. for the, okay. the, the, the real adventures of Johnny Quest, which was headed by Takashi and this guy, uh, Australian producer Peter, I forgot his last name. But... I didn't know anything after I went back for my last year of school until there's this one guy, Mark, he's the background artist who was on the show. He he told me years later what happened because I called Hannah Barbera. I said, uh, I worked on a, a Johnny Quest. I would like to talk to you about Takashi. I said, who? What? Where? Uh, are you playing dumb with me? I worked New on phone, who this? Yeah, so it was my it was my very first union show. That's what got me into the union. Got me into the, mm. the animation. The Johnny Quest. Yeah, Johnny Quest. Yeah, got into my local local uh, three three thirty nine eight thirty nine. That's the that's the animation union. So so I was I was just dumbfounded. I was like, Why nobody know? I realized I'm graduating and I, all my all my connections were lost. And then and then it took me years later to realize the producers of Johnny Quest were they were embezzling money. <laughs> the Japanese guy took a whole bunch of money to buy this gigantic Jeep. You know, uh, he had a Hummer. He had a military-sized Hummer in his garage. And like, how did he get that money? Oh, it's embezzled money. You gotta leave that car. And, and, but they, they basically, Fred Sieber was, was, was the CEO of, of, of the last CEO of Hanover before he shut shop, before he closed down. Fred Sieber told the entire crew to. to they're like two big bouncers, you know, the security guard walk in the hallway of Johnny Quest. Say, everybody, clap your hands up. Everybody, get your boxes, your boxes on the, the hallway. Throw yourselves, uh, throw everything you got, and, and, and meet at the parking lot in 10 minutes. So every, it was like war zone. You know, the girls, nobody got anything. There's no advance warning. All these PAs, there were a lot of beautiful girls on that show. So, so they were crying, <laughs> they were hugging each other. So, so Mark was is this union the, related? Was this was this because of the union dynamic, or was no, this no, just no, because just, it was shutting down? Well, well, they, 
what I was told was because of that scandal, the embezzlement scandal, because they spent so much money on that show, because they they had uh, the, it was the first time um, a TV animation studio used the uh, um, Mac, Mac uh, editing system. Uh, what is it called? Jeez, uh, but it, it was basically they, they were using Premiere to do the editing, but the machines were very advanced. Yeah, wasn't it called like a layer or something like that? It was it was like the uh, whatever After Effects ended up becoming After Effects. Before that, it was called yeah, layer something yeah. or other. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I think you're right. Yeah, so so very expensive. They have a whole room full of these machines. So uh, all of these were you know, they're basically uh, the overcharged studio. So all these extra money they made pocketing it. So so <laughs> yeah. So everybody got fired. This entire crew got fired. I didn't. I was still at school. All of that happened. I have no news of it. And then the entire crew was replaced by uh, another skeleton crew, you know, which are some of my friends now. And then nobody realized I worked on the show. They said, "Eddie, you never worked on the show." I, I did. I was before you. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! You know, because I'm not on. The, you look at my IMDb. You never see Eddie work on the Johnny Quest because of that. <laughs> I was dumb. My my episode was, was completely redone too. So, anyways, so, so 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 all of that misfortune happened. I got interviewed by Squaresoft. That was my 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 lifeline because you know immediately the minute you walk out of the, the, the campus, you got to pay your student loans. So so I was like, Dad, I find something. <laughs> I got a job and you lined up. So so Squaresoft, I, I I worked for them, but I was still eyeing on Turner because Turner was not completely dead at the time when I got out. And then the, that phone line went dead too, and 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 uh, 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 Brad Brad Bird he went on to do Iron Giant, you know that that was his next baby. He, you know when Warner when Warner Brothers absorbed Turner Feature Animation, they started to do all these feature animations themselves, right? They started to uh, go against. Oh, sorry, I, I got someone breaking into your car again. No, <laughs> no. This car, somebody's not facing the car. You've thing. always got like gunshots, and there's like police whizzing by, and yeah. <laughs> what's going on I, over there? I, I'm on a busy street. You know, I'm, <laughs> Disney, Disney Studio is just down the street. You know, so we have like people racing down this. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a boulevard. So, oh my god. Anyways, try to ignore it. It'll be gone in a minute. So, so I have nowhere else to go but Squaresoft. So Squaresoft just got there. Um, they 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 opened a new campus in uh, Marina del Rey, next to Venice Beach, and I have no idea about I I don't know anything about Squaresoft at that time. And then when I uh, when I went to uh, you know when I signed up, that's when I realized, oh wow, you guys work on uh, Final Fantasy. And, you know, it was, it's ironic you like immediately went into a company that specialized in 3d graphics right after getting the warning of like eddie <laughs> learn my <laughs> yeah it, it, it was actually a crash course a photoshop crash course i mean i i, I really know some basics of, of, of photoshop but uh, at the time when i was at cal arts but that was like because when i got there it's not just doing storyboards uh, by pencil which i did a lot of it i, I worked on this a project called uh parasite eve Parasite Eve is based on a, a Japanese horror novel, a medical mutation, you know, a, a mitochondria mutation, and that's what it's based on. So, so I had to draw a lot of like these crazy mut- mutant arms and several limbs you know, crawling all over the place with eyeballs, you know. And, and uh, so I had is this to draw what you all- wanted to do? Because earlier it said that 
you were saying like you were in Taiwan and and you really fell in love with like manga and some horror manga and like there wasn't really a role for you once you came back over to the states but it sounds like Squaresoft yeah. and Eve was that thing what was is that not still what you wanted it, it was too blood curdling you know I I don't mind drawing like dark characters you know like you know you know um, <laughs> how do you describe it you know I don't mind the horror genre. But when mm. it's too much gore, that 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 game was literally gore. You know, I had to draw so many like blood and veins and you know, blood spilling everywhere. You know, human body tissue. Did you have to do any kind of crazy and... research and like watching like bodies like explode or putrefy in order to? Yeah, to yeah. Any of that? There, there was some research involved. Yeah, we had to watch some crazy stuff. And, and the, the, if you, if you never played the game, there, there's one scene, which was, you know, the, the Japan is is very interesting. I mean, you know, I mean that, that that's that's SquareSoft. You know, I mean when we get to, you look at Mario Brothers, that's, that they have their own occult you know thing going on. But but with this one, it's very strange. It's like of course Final Fantasy has a lot of, um, I, just off just offhand, I can't really say too much about that project because I I I, I did mostly like. You know, some character design helping them to have some, you know, some side characters that they need to do uh, when I'm when it's a little slow with the Parasite Eve, but uh, but but this guy Sakaguchi, he's the president of, of, of Square USA. You know, Sakaguchi is is a very dark guy. <laughs> he's, he 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 never smiles, and I see him in the hallway multiple times, and he just does not smile. This guy's got this little. Did we try to tickle him when he walked by? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try that. You know, he's gonna, he's I got your nose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but the, the the funny thing about Squaresoft when I got played was that we we're, were divided. The, the Japanese would be on one side of the building, and the American would be on the other side. So we never. Was really this because mingled. of language or culture or all well, the above? Language, but they also tried to make sure that us, you know, the, the American guys who asked for a lot of salary, you know, because a lot of these people were from uh, digital domain. You know, they were from the Venice uh, the effects crew. You know, they, they were from uh, they were from uh, 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 Vincent Hughes. Uh, you, you know, those 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 effects houses, you know, down the street, uh, in Venice. They used to have a whole bunch of them. So, so my bosses, uh, my art director uh, Darnell, he he was one of the, the, the one of the guys head honchos at, at, at uh, Digital Domain, along with Steve Gray, who was the head of the U.S. crew. So, so these people used to work on Titanic. They were just working on Titanic before they moved to to SquareSoft. You know, so <laughs> one one expensive crew to another. You know, so you know Titanic costs like what like. Like two hundred million, and then they see you know they do uh, Final Fantasy the, the the movie, which costs another two hundred million dollars in, in in Honolulu. So, <laughs> so so the Japanese were trying to keep a close eye on these Americans because they, they don't want them to get too comfortable with the Japanese crew for 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 their own odd reason. But I can tell that they're very clandestine because they would have they go to their own places, they go to secret sushi bars, and there was one time one guy just like. Yeah, you know, of course we make friends with some of the Japanese guys, right? Yeah, especially the ones that speak you know, more or less English. And and, this, and one guy just just came up to me. You wouldn't believe how we just had the so what we had a we had a f- five hundred dollar lunch, <laughs> five hundred dollar lunch. 
Where did you get that? And what kind of food is that? So it's sushi. So I went to sushi. It never cost that much. And it, it was in the Pacific Palisades. It was a nondescript little restaurant with no signs. Basically, you you, you show your credentials. You, you go in. This whole team of them, probably like 20 of them, went in. They got a table. A naked woman got on the table. I think I think she was uh, probably uh, a gringa. I don't know. <laughs> but she, she laid down and they put all these sushi pieces all over. Now, nowadays, you hear that all the time, right? Oh, Hollywood have these crazy parties. But these are the, this is the first time I ever heard of sushi served on a naked body. I, I got to say, man, I've, I've heard that. I, I've never actually seen it in person. I definitely heard of people that have done it that I believe. But out of all the types of food in the world, sushi would be the last one that you'd want to eat off of a 98 degree surface i just don't yeah. understand that at all like sushi's <laughs> good when it's like cools your tongue when it hits usually or at least room temperature right i don't know man it's it's weird it's just a weird thing <laughs> i'm pretty sure they sanitize her very well <laughs> but she she was not moving an inch at all she just like <laughs> stayed there all these perverts are like oh, just talking yeah, yeah, I would know now. I would love to see like a sushi where they just like take out Walt's frozen body and serve sushi off that thing. <laughs> no, oh wow, that that's another thing. You know, it, when I was at Cal Arts, we were doing, um, we were hunting for Uncle Walt because it, it's, oh, you know, now you guys are looking for like it. his cryogenic chamber or what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was back in the nineties. You know, so we this was when. That rumor was going around, but nobody really thought about it. But but later on, it became this mainstream, like a total joke right now. Well, right? and so, yeah, they did, they made jokes about it in the Animaniacs and like a number of TV shows. It became like a pop culture conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. But we were actually looking for it. I was actually <laughs> actively with a with a, a two or three other people. We even we even the, the Ouija. I was I was doing Ouija board in in, in the modular theater. There's a there's a theater school. Uh, well, okay, two two ghost stories. I guess I can tell you, <laughs> but but we were we were inside the the most haunted place of on the entire campus. Sorry, my nose a little stuffy. Um, <clears throat> was called a modular theater. It's a very revolutionary theater where the platform can go up and everything's hydraulics, so you can mm-hmm. build a whole set. You know, you can build a whole uh, like a slope, a mountainside, a castle. You know, these, these things can go up and down. So, so that's it's kind of modular theater that way. So back in the seventies, uh, when when it was uh, a rather new theater, one of the girls, uh, she she was a student. She was walking on a, the, the catwalk. She just trying to do some. Uh, I think I need to blow my nose, but she was fixing the lights. Okay, so we're we're talking like a like a um like a backstage catwalk, not like a like a model catwalk. <laughs> so like the the metal truss over some kind of a production area, right? Well, yeah, yeah. It's it's not like it's not like a, like a walkway on the ground, but but it's actually like you know where they put the the, the light fixtures, you know. They, right. So yeah, so so that there's a walkway above that, so that's at least like thirty feet above the ground. That girl, she fell off of that. So she fell straight to the ground. She, 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 she broke her neck and died. But ever since then, that th- that place has been haunted, and nobody ever, nobody I knew at the time ever witnessed anything. But the story was going around saying that place things would move <laughs> in the middle of the night, and, and you know noises. And 
So, so we, so we were doing Ouija session. I, I was wearing there with uh with with this girl and another guy. We were all animated. So we walked walked in there. We're doing Ouija, and we, we kind of like tried to not to laugh when we do you know, because everybody's trying to like push the darn thing, you know, and. Uh, and, and, and suddenly, yeah, but but suddenly, for for one split second, nothing like did a quick like forty five degrees, just like, and we're like, whoa, <laughs> we just freaked out just by the little turn. We we arguing with each other, like, stop touching it, stop pushing it, and also we we all let our hands off. That thing started spinning for forty five degrees, and we all saw it. We're like, we let's get the fuck out of here. So, <laughs> but it's really weird because all of a sudden I had like. Years of, of a problem with this girl. I know that girl freaked out that night, and she she's like possessed ever since. She 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 she, she would not talk to me. She would scream at me whenever she sees me. I'm like, what the what the hell did I do? So so, so this I, event was impactful for a bunch of people. So it wasn't just like one person walked away thinking it was weird, and the other people were like, yeah, whatever, it was nothing. Like yeah, did everyone yeah, walk yeah. away from that saying like that was something serious? Yeah, it it, it definitely did something to her. To me. I wasn't so much that, but, but there was some bad luck, you know. I I I kind of blame what happened to me after Kellogg's like my misfortune with my career, on that, but but not quite. But I just knew something was wrong with this this theater. That, I dude, was, that's, I, uh, that's interesting. I can't believe we're getting into this now, as like we're getting to the end of of the oh, of the interview know, because you you basically just said that you might have used a Ouija board and summoned like an evil entity. At Cal Arts, and that might have reflected in your trajectory afterwards. I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't quite say you know I mean I, I've done a lot of weird stuff to myself that I I you know I I, I got to do some I've been practicing things you know I, I I've been doing some some reading. And doing, you, were you I, dabbling I, in other types of occult outside of Ouija? Yeah, yeah. Basically, there there's some things that I should have done. Um, what's what's one of those things? What's one of yeah. the things you shouldn't have done? Yeah, something with the eggs and the, and the candles. <laughs> but, but, you trying to make yeah. a homunculus to do your work for you? <laughs> I probably had like a homunculus following me. No, but but I I definitely feel I was I was I was cursed. I was cursed for about ten years. There was just some um, some a chapter of my life that I would not I'd rather not discuss on this show, I, which I didn't even talk about. We're going to do that in part two. I'm telling you already. Oh, okay, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll probably go into that because I, I don't mind saying it. I actually, I actually did do an interview uh, on another show, which is uh, another story I tell you. But we'll, we'll talk about it. But but there, there definitely there's some weird stuff that happened to me, and also I, I don't know if I want to give it all away now, but. But even 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 when I moved to Marina del Rey for Squaresoft, uh, somebody fell off my building. And <laughs> you think it was following you around? It was like a Final Destination Cal Cal Art style. I don't know, man, because um, I was I was doing some candle candle rituals at the time, and and I just knew something was going on with. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. The candle burned to the bottom. I was supposed to put it out every night, but before before the before the sunrise, I was supposed to put it out, but I didn't. But uh, yeah, you screwed up anyway. the recipe. You like yeah, you <laughs> overbaked it. Yeah. Well, anyway, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, so well, this is a this is actually a perfect lead in. I mentioned that I've got like a couple little segments and stuff that I'm working on. So oh yeah yeah yeah. This one I usually do way earlier on, but I wanted to just nerd out with you because you were talking Silicon Graphics and Disney and Squaresoft. 
Um, so, so normally I'll, I'll start out interview and just do like a rapid fire of what are your conspiracy theory temperature? You know, I'm going to take your conspiracy temperature almost, but I, f- I feel like I already have a decent idea from you from talking <laughs> on, uh, on sync tank so much, but yeah. I didn't, I didn't know anything about your ghost stories and any of this and like the, the curse that maybe you put on yourself. So I want to, I want to ask you. Uh, a few questions are going to be rapid fire and basically sure, sure, sure. on a scale from one to ten one meaning okay. like you think it's bs it's it's a psyop it's silly it's you know easter bunny and ten meaning like oh yeah that's obviously true and you know i'll I'll die on that hill so if okay. you don't know either way it's like a five so i just okay. want to know like the first number that pops into your head but before okay. we get into those questions i have one even more important question that I was supposed to ask you when we first started, but I keep forgetting. Yeah. Eddie, are you a cop? Because if you're a cop, you have to tell me and we can proceed. Are you ATF, well, CIA, FBI, CNN, ABC, FDA? This is not an entrapment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't work for the CCP either. <laughs> so, okay. So I, I want to get your rating from one to 10, right? I'm just going to okay. first number that comes into your head. Are secret underground cities, full entire cities, real? Ten. Ten. Is harp <laughs> used for mind control and not just weather manipulation? So, what is harp? Is harp? Oh, uh, I, I was. I would give it an eight. And, and so, so eight that harp is used for mind control. Oh, that, that, that's what I was holding back on. I think it's mostly for seismic activities and also weather modification and. And and uh, the scalar weaponry, but but mind control, I, I don't know how that how that works in the large. It, scale. It's a fair answer. No, it's a it's a fair uh, answer because yeah. that because you're even going above and beyond and delineating between the the harp theories. Is okay. the Earth flat, Eddie? <laughs> Is this People a five? Rocks Is me. it a one? Is it a ten? I, I, I put a five. Okay, a, a very a very neutral five. Yeah, because I. I keep an open mind. I don't. I don't have ways to prove it. You know, people. What attracts you the most to flat Earth theory? Is there like a certain aspect of it that that you want to be true for some other reason? I, I don't want to believe it, but I just feel like there, there's a lot of anomaly going on with the with the sun and and with the moon, and uh, specifically astronomically, there, there's just some things I just don't seem to add up. But uh, but I I don't. Logically, if it's straight out of my logical mind, I would say it has to be globe, you know. Otherwise, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, the, 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 the whole time pattern, dude. <clears throat> well, everything yeah. so many things would have to be lies and false history and secret cover ups just for that one thing to be true. Yeah, so, yeah, speaking of something in a similar fashion, what about dinosaurs? Where, where are you at one to ten dinosaurs being real? That's another one, too. I I've seen fossils, you know. I haven't been able to touch it. <laughs> I I will give it a I will give it a seven. Okay. Seven meaning we were not told the whole truth about dinosaurs. Meaning I do believe dinosaurs existed, but what happened to them with the that dumb asteroid that that I I live in Mexico, so I know where the asteroid landed. <laughs> I forgot what the asteroid's called. With the X, it's some of the X, right? Chickalook uh, subcrater or something. Chickalook, yeah, yeah. So, I think that's where the reptilian story came. <laughs> I, I, 
I, I really believe that some of the well, you're, you're skipping ahead now. So let me just ask oh, yeah, you, oh, rep, oh, reptilians, oh. one to ten. Oh well, oh, did I give a number for dinosaur already? I, 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 I give. You that said a, seven, a, and I, yeah, oh, I like, yeah. I like the seven. Okay, so okay. let's say reptilians, and and by reptilians, I mean like. It doesn't have to be to this specificity, but like Draco star system, reptilian aliens, you know, um, having us mine natural resources for them type of deal. You know, David yeah. Icke shape-shifting reptilians. Where, where are you at on that number scale? It's getting higher now, uh, number eight, because all these... Really? So are... you have more faith yeah. in reptilians than in dinosaurs? I, I, think, I, think I, saw, I think I saw one before. And I also... also on that, TV uh... or in person? In person, yeah, <laughs> people with multiple rolls of teeth. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it was in Mexico. It was a little weird, but uh, but I don't know. I don't know. That, that doesn't that doesn't really classify them as such. You know, it could be just some weird mutation. <laughs> okay, it's but, it's fair enough. I got a, I got yeah. a couple more for you. Oh yeah, go ahead. Are there hidden messages in Beatles songs? Like oh, like 10. subliminal messages? Ten, a- absolute ten. Yeah, yeah. And then was Walt Disney's body cryogenically frozen? I, you said I, that you were l- looking for it. I I want to know where you were at at that time and where you're at now on the same scale. We we were sincerely trying to find it. We we really thought it was in the college campus. We didn't dig deep enough. <laughs> we went to sub levels and everything. I will give it. Uh, I will give it a, a, a six. But only that I want to continue to search. <laughs> yeah, because I haven't found anything. <laughs> yeah, but, but then, I, uh, I, I, I believe it's I, I believe he's dead. I mean, I don't think anybody would want to be cryogenically frozen for this long. You know what I'm saying? Well, also, what would you need Walt for? And like in a serious question, let's say that you can you find his body and you can defrost them. What do you do with a Walt Disney in 2023? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The Disney family doesn't even have that much power in the company anymore. Who's going to want to save him? And my impression was that, I mean, outside of, you know, him putting together these animation teams and, you know, pushing, pushing Disney through. But outside of that, uh, he was kind of just like the... The, like the whipcracker, right? He uh he wasn't like sitting down next to you and like, all right, let's knock out these frames or let's work this out. If anything, he would come in and be like, let's change everything. You know, I've got a new vision overnight yeah. and he'd hire writers that like never read the source material and he'd tell them, don't read the source material because we're changing it all up. And uh so I don't know. It, it feels like he would just be pure chaos at this point in 2023. Yeah, his way of working. He cannot be. He would not survive a CEO position nowadays. <laughs> well, and and he he looked for scabs, right? He wanted to work with uh, union busters and people that were willing to, you know, undercut each other. And you know, yeah. it, he was the exact opposite of what you know the strike is going for now. It's is crazy. I mean, back then, anybody who even sided with the union at the time was just completely blacklisted. He hated him. I mean, there, there's so many people who, who, who cross, he welcomed the people who crossed the line. You know, he, he yeah, really, no, he, he actively looked for him. Yeah, yeah, he he did not believe in the, in the, in the labor union. Um, what and I yeah. think this ties into how close he was with the military industrial complex, and and in my opinion, Disney helped form the military industrial entertainment complex, and that's the real one that we're kind of operating, and it and it shifts over to that. 
Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I, yeah, it's absolutely the, the the working model right now. You know, it, it, they work hand in hand. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So. Well, I want to. I usually keep these around ninety minutes, and uh, dude, I, I feel like we could keep talking about someone because we didn't even get into synchronous. We didn't get into like a cult Hollywood, and, yeah, and yeah. I can't. I'm not going to forgive you for bringing up a Ouija board, a uh, haunted Walt Disney story at like the very end. So we're, there's absolutely going to be a part two to this. Okay, so cool. cool. I want to. I want to make sure that that people are interested and maybe uh, knowing more about what you're about. I know you've got Synchronous on Twitter. Where else can people find you, or is that the main place? Yeah, so so Synchronous, I, I'm on Synchronous at Synchronous uh, Twitter, uh, or, or X, whatever it's called now, and uh, also on Facebook. You know, welcome people to to join my group. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm part of a collective, uh, as as is Thomas, and it just uh, we're welcoming more and more sync heads and people who believe in synchronicities and you know, and, <clears throat> and also. Uh, occult subjects, uh, uh, discussions. You know, we want we want more people. We have it's growing almost to five hundred people now. So so it's growing in the Facebook group. So look up Synchronous, S Y N C R O. I can't even. I'll, I'll put Synchronous. links in the description and yeah, everything yeah, yeah. too to make sure. <laughs> My spelling is really bad right now. Yeah. So without the H, Synchronous. Okay. So um, and uh, and uh, I do have Instagram, which I can probably share. I guess with. Did you have any like a uh, artwork or anything that you put online, or are you yeah, hiding yeah. from the AI scrapers? No, well, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of both. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I tried to get on the art station, but I don't know, it just got too crazy over there for me. But just just go to my Instagram. My Instagram, just look up uh, uh, EDDO two thousand and one NO two thousand one. That's my my call sign. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you can just go to Instagram.com slash EDDO2001. You see my, my latest storyboards. Uh, I'm, I'm posting a lot of uh, storyboards from I Am Virgo, which is a show I worked on with uh, Amazon Prime. So I'm just rolling out all those boards right now because the show was released. So so every time there's a show that's released, I worked on I post there and also some of my sketches. So, But, but I'm, I'm hoping someday I, I set up a YouTube channel myself to to do a live drawing talking session so uh, stay tuned i don't that. think we're far <laughs> away man i think we're on we're on the cusp of being able to get there pretty soon i hope so i hope so just, just i get some equipment stuff yeah all right well uh yeah follow eddie on uh on x on facebook uh on instagram and uh look out for maybe a twitch channel or something we'll figure it out whenever you start doing that i'll, I'll promote the hell out of it so uh so thanks, Eddie, man. You're you're an awesome guy, uh, highly <laughs> talented, and I'm uh, glad that we get to uh, mash conspiracy theories every Tuesday, and that's uh, at what, eight o'clock Eastern YouTube on um, Andre's Artist channel. Yeah, so yeah, look, five, look five, that up five and watch this. Five o'clock uh, uh, Pacific time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, uh, so Zertus channel Z I R T U S Zertus. Yep. Yeah. Like I'll put all the links here in the description. So. Uh, and uh, f- just want to remind everybody that if you're not paranoid, then you're probably just not paying attention. And I know Eddie's paranoid as hell because he <laughs> pays attention to everything. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Keep your eyes open. <laughs> when I open it during the night, yeah. <laughs> this one, right? Oh, wait, <laughs> yeah, this one? Yeah. Oh, uh-oh, I got you. Oh, oh. <laughs> I got you.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.